Hey everybody, welcome to the Great Society Podcast, where theology meets practicality. I'm Jay Segundo. And I'm Justin, and welcome back everybody. So check this out, guys. This uh, is about to take a turn. <laughs> for the worse. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's going to be good, but what we're about to dive into for the next couple of weeks will be the end times. Dun, now, before dun, you turn dun. this off because you heard end times... Um, please stick with us. It's not as scary as it's been promoted. This is not the Left Behind series. I promise you. <laughs> like, I'm Kirk Cameron. <laughs> we're going to be fine. Um, I, it's something that it's important. The Bible says that all scripture is inspired and written by God and is profitable for teaching and rebuke and so and so. And so what we have to understand that this is profitable for us to understand. It's profitable for us to know. Therefore, here on the Great Society Podcast, we're going to talk about it. We sure are. And, you know, we're reaching the end of the season, so we're going right. to talk about the end of the world. You know, we're going to talk about it. We're going uh, we're, we're to do this in parts. Yeah. Uh, definitely not going to throw it all at you guys in one episode because that would be crazy. Right. You guys would turn this off and rebuke us. Right. Um, Here's what I do want to say before we get into all this. Your eschatology or your view of the end times um, can be different from someone else. And that does not disqualify you from being a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, there are four major views. And lately there has been like um, six different like pre-trib, pre-wrath, um, post-wrath, whatever you want to do, whatever yeah. your position is. They're evolving. Yeah. <laughs> Please understand that you're can still be a brother and sister of Christ, even if you disagree with even what me and Gerardo share. Yeah. Which just FYI, we will not be sharing. Maybe you catch on by our, the way we talk or certain things we say, mm -hmm. but we won't be sharing our position until the final episode and we'll reveal that, which where we stand with all of this. Yeah. I, times. I go back and forth between two stances, yeah, um, like every like two weeks. <laughs> so um, maybe I'll have one stance when we start and another stance yeah. <laughs> when we finish. I'll just probably be going back and forth, honestly, because right. um, there's a lot of a lot of good in some and a in lot some of them views. that are backed up with Bible. And so, guys, maybe you're listening to this and all you've known is rapture theology or dispensationalism or if you want to say, I don't know, premillennialism however you want to call that, just the rapture type of theology, this might be eye-opening, that there really is different positions than that. And just because they're different positions does not mean they are saved, not saved. This is not essential to the Christian faith. This is what we call doctrine. And if those words that Justin said sounded like foreign language to you, <laughs> don't fret. Don't you fret, child. We are going to... Uh, we're going to be um, defining those, maybe not all this week, no. um, but as the weeks go by, as we talk about each stance, we will be um, saying what means what. Right. So don't worry. So today our focus is going to be that the, the signs that must precede Christ's return or happen before Christ comes back. Mm. Um, these signs, if you want to just open to one book of the Bible that will be stationed at for most of this, it's Matthew chapter 24. From there, um, Jesus gives this whole teaching on the end times. And so we're going to talk about them. We're going to present them. And then we're going to talk about whether or not we feel that this may or may not have happened. 
um, present both sides and then we'll keep moving on from there. And so you guys be able to be informed as well on what are the arguments for this already happening, this already being fulfilled, or we're still waiting for the fulfillment of this sign to happen. So let's start this. So there are many verses that show us signs that must precede Christ's coming, right? So the very first one we're going to talk about, we're going to see in Matthew chapter 24, like I said, we're going to live in, and we're going to look at verse 14. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. So the Bible is teaching us that the preaching of the gospel to all nations is a sign that the end is coming. Has the gospel been preached to all nations? That's a question that we kind of have to discuss. (laughs) Because to me, and we look at our eyes, and honestly, probably not. Probably not. I don't know. I still feel that there are different tribes or languages or people group that have not yet heard the gospel. And I'm guessing that most of the listeners right now are saying, yeah, you're right. I don't think everybody has heard the gospel. Well, here's the thing. A lot of people decide to argue with with that based off what Colossians says. Colossians chapter 1, verse 5 through 6. And, and Paul is speaking here, and he's kind of giving a what I like to say an argument, right, for what we're going to read, right, what the position is that it might have already happened. And so for people who are listening to like, Justin, how does that make any sense? Well, we got to really listen to what Paul's words are. And we're going to turn to Colossians chapter one, if you are with me. Colossians chapter one, verses five through six, it says, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, or this that you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing. Look, Paul literally just states it right now. In the whole world, it has been preached. Now, here's the argument in which I kind of want to be like, hey, I don't think it's been preached everywhere because Paul's world is different from the world we know now. Paul is talking about maybe like 15 different nations based off the time period and the history of, of what's going on right now. There was much land that had not been discovered. If we've been in, in any type of um, school setting and we've studied world history, we heard about the explorers and the explorers that went to explore different types of nations and, and we found different landmarks and different places in which land was established and civilization was established. And so Paul is saying up until where the world may be right now, we've preached the gospel. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about this right now, I doubt that the first century fulfilled that very first sign or that very first prophecy that the gospel was going to be preached to all nations. Yeah. The thing with this is that it's, it seems to be out of the points that will hit um, one of the harder ones to gauge. Yeah. Um, just the, you know, the, 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 the verbiage used to describe, um, you know, where the gospel needs to go is like an expanse of like every, almost like to the point of every inch of the world. Right. You know? And so even, even in a world where we'd have technology, we can measure that kind of stuff. It's just still like, you know, kind of hard to, um, fully say, Hey, yeah, we've, you know, we we've sent the, the the gospel has been preached to every single being culture nation yeah. that is possible out there. Yeah. But I heard a stat word by 2026, the whole world 
or every person or language group or tribe will have received the Bible. Hmm. And so I, I, this is where I kind of, I, I hear the argument that Paul is saying, well, look at Paul is arguing that he already, and the disciples are, or the apostles at that time have already preached the gospel and it's reached all the nations or it's reached all the people. And so the argument there is, yeah, but there are so many, there's a limited amount of nations or people groups or languages in which Paul was able to reach because of what was discovered at that time. And so right now, I mean, we just heard a story of, of, of a man who went to on a missions trip to kind of try and evangelize a, a tribe that it was like forbidden to go to and he ends up dying. And so just trying to get to that place where nobody has brought the gospel kind of shows me, I'm not sure that this has kind of happened yet or it's been fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, the first point or the first sign um, is the preaching of the gospel to all the nations. The second one is the great tribulation. And uh, we can see this in Mark 13, seven through eight. If you guys want to turn there, if you have the uh, capability of doing so, or if you're in your car, just take a mental note <laughs> or listen along. <laughs> Mark 13, seven, th- uh, 7 through 8 says, When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be alarmed. These things must take place, but it is not yet the end. For nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. There, there, these, sorry, I forget how to read sometimes. These are the beginning of birth pains. And we can also turn to Matthew 24 verses 15 through 22. 22. And that says, so when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. A man on the housetop must not come down to get things out of his house. I'm going to start this over because I realize I do not like the version I'm reading from. <laughs> back to good old ESV. Um, so when back to 15. Uh, so when you see the abomination of, of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, Let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in his house. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on a, or on a Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Right. So it seems that the language of the scripture indicates a period of time of suffering coming to the earth that is uh, far greater than anything that has been experienced. Now, any people, uh, many people have interpreted this to be the warning of Jesus of the great tribulation to be um, 
Speaking of uh, the Roman siege on Jeru- of Jerusalem in the Jewish War of A.D. Uh, 66 through 70, uh, the suffering in this war was indeed terrible and could be what Jesus described in the tribulation. In fact, the first century um, and the many centuries since uh, then, there have been tremendous persecution against the church or Christians. Though we may think that Jesus' words Um, indicate the likelihood of a greater persecution coming in the future, it is difficult to be certain of this. We can conclude that it is unlikely but possible that the prediction of a great tribulation has already been fulfilled, fulfilled or is continuing to be fulfilled in various parts of the world at this very moment. This is one of the biggest ones um, that I I get the case in which they are trying to say um, because of what the, uh, of what the great tribulation was for that, for that Jewish war for that happened between 80, 66 and 80, 70 and the destruction of the temple that happened in 80, 70. And what happens we have to understand when we're talking about the history of, of, of the Jewish people after the temple is destroyed, we're talking about the end of the Jewish age. And so this is a, a huge thing because not only do the, the Jewish people go through such intense suffering and intense things, but the end of an era or the end of an age comes at the destruction of the temple in 80, 70. Now, that be like, why does that matter to me? Because what Jesus says is that at the end of this age, and so when, when, when they interpret at the end of this age, they mark the ending of an age by the destruction of the temple at 8070. And so what they're saying is that destruction at the end of, at the end of the, of the Jewish age in which Jesus was a part of, in which Paul was a part of, in which all these authors were a part of, that is signifying something that is greater than what we may think. Now, do I agree 1000% in that Jesus was, was talking about an age that was to come, meaning the one we're living now, and the end of the age was the great tribulation? We'd be going into all millennialism thinking that we're in the millennium right now. Mm-hmm. If we hold to the fact that 8070, the destruction of the temple, the Jewish war, the ending of the Jewish age was actually the age in which Jesus was talking about. Yeah, this this is a, 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 a one of those really interesting points because um, it kind of can go either way, um, you know, yeah. and, and 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 the the facts and the biblical um, you know uh, proof to back it up goes on each side of this. Yeah, definitely of it um, not having happened and it is it, it being yet to come. Yeah, or it already um, happened, and this is something that you know the writers, uh, Jesus back in the day, um, had gone through personally, and were you know writing kind of in kind of experience of that. Right. So understanding history is key here because mm-hmm. I mean, for us, we're like, oh, what the heck? How does that make any sense? We, you have to be able to read a book on how really truly bad that suffering was, how bad that war was of the Jewish war and really what the destruction of the temple meant to Jewish culture, to the Jewish age, that age in which if we, if we're being biblically correct, Paul is writing from this. 
Mm-hmm. So when Paul is speaking in First Thessalonians and he's talking about, hey, it's coming, Paul does not believe it's coming 2,000 years later. Paul believes this is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And so when we understand it like that, we understand that maybe what Paul was referencing or who Jesus or what Jesus was referencing, we can't just toss it out and be like, no, 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 it's all going to happen at the end. No, this ending of an age, which is the Jewish age that they were all a part of, could have been that age in which Jesus was talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we're not we're presenting the different ways that the end times are interpreted. We said we're not going to say our, our our stance until the end. But I did want to let you guys know it's food for thought because a lot of the times we've been taught everything at the end and not knowing that there is good and biblical stances that may happen, that these things may have already happened. Yeah. So another one is the false prophets working signs and wonders. We're going to stay in Matthew so you guys don't flip too much. And we'll go to verse 23 through 24. It says, then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ. There he is. Do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders. So as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Matthew Mm. 24, verse 23 to 24. So with regards to this. We have to understand that false Christs and prophets will come and they will work signs and they will work wonders. And if you talk to any missionary right now, any any missionary that has been around or went to a place where there was um, very high witchcraft or demonic activity, they will testify, yo, these people were doing some crazy things. I saw some crazy signs and wonders in quotation marks because we want to reserve that for God. But I saw some crazy things being done. And I know for a fact those people were doing it through demonic powers <laughs> that are in opposition to the gospel. And so you can talk to any missionary right now, grab them aside, one that went to a very uh, heavy witchcraft, heavy occult, heavy darkness type of, of mission strip, and they're going to come and they're going to testify of these things. So when you hear that there's already false prophets out there, that there's which one day I hope to have a full episode on about the false prophets and false teachings and all those things. But to know that there's already false prophets, that there's already false signs and wonders, that there are people here uh, that do things to kind of lead astray Christians in order for them to think that, hey, I have power too, or the devil gives me power. It could mean that Jesus is talking about a greater manifestation of these types of people, but it's it might be safe to even say that this is happening right now, and it could have already been fulfilled or being fulfilled as we speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, to your point, uh, as you were saying, like it's crazy to see the world in the state that it's in, yeah. you know, and and identify those and the teachings that are going around mm-hmm. that are qualified or, or categorized mm-hmm. as false teachings. Like mm-hmm. They can be identified like, yeah, that's false. That's a false right. teaching. These are false works, um, you know. So it, it's, it's crazy to see that yeah. happen, um, you know, and you can almost kind of, Check this one off. Yeah. If if we're going by that as well, right. like you know, I, I see it. I don't know. Right. If, if no, I mean, <laughs> you can even go. People are like, okay, so how do psychics know the future? And I'm like, they might actually be telling your future, but at operating a gift using demonic powers, mm-hmm. not using the gift in which God has given them through the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. prophesy something which mm-hmm. God has said. Yeah. In that moment, they're creating a wonder or a sign or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm but not that is in direct opposition to the gospel. Right. And that is what Jesus said will happen. Right, right. So we go on to the next sign, 
and it's uh, signs in the heavens. So if we want to, we could, I'm going to follow Justin's lead and just stay in Matthew, Matthew, tw- uh, still in chapter 24, uh, verses 29 to 30. It says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will, will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Well, this is one almost 100% has not happened already. Of course, There have been eclipses of the sun and the moon and comets have appeared since the world began. But Jesus is speaking on something far greater. Um, Although those who are in the camp uh, of this already have been fulfilled, claim this to be symbolic language that refers to the destruction of Jerusalem and uh, God's judgment of it. It's probably not the case. We can see that yeah. it's it's probably not the case. Like, that that whole thing about symbolic and and that could literally be a whole episode to literally explain how that verse is symbolic going back to the Isaiah and Isaiah talking about the sun being darkened and how that refers to Israel and all these different things. I get it. But a lot of the times, you know, this is not to be mean to anybody who believes this. And, and believe me, I'm not giving my position yet. What I am saying is you, sometimes you have to know, yeah, you got to really reach in order to kind of come to that conclusion and so these are this is one of the things I feel like what's almost guaranteed that this not this has not happened, and especially that we would see the Son of Man coming right after that, and no one's seen Jesus coming. If that was the case, we'd all know, you know, like Jesus is here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty like direct in its description of right. of of what's to happen. Um, again, it, it you know. There's there's the case for its symbolism, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. That's all I'm gonna say on that. <laughs> this next one is the one you guys all really have been waiting for because it's the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the guy everyone wants to know about the appearance of the man of lawlessness. Yeah. So really, the person who judges on this the most is Paul, and and Paul writes to Thessalon- the church of Thessalonica that Christ will come or will not come unless the man of sin or or the man of lawlessness is first revealed, hmm. and then the Lord Jesus will destroy him at his coming. So the man of sin is a lot of the times identified with that person in Revelation thirteen, the beast, and is sometimes called the Antichrist. What we as in, in the church will normally refer to, hey, is the Antichrist here? Who do you think the Antichrist is? It's probably him. It's probably this person. And we're always guessing. Okay, no, this person has to be the Antichrist. I remember the most popular one that I heard growing up was Obama. Oh, Obama's the Antichrist. And I'm like, <laughs> how does that make any sense? Why is Obama the Antichrist? Uh, but but this is a, the final Antichrist. Because I want to make sure that we understand something. There are already a series right now and from the beginning of Antichrist that actually John mentions in his first book. And he's and he mentions this to kind of give us a warning. And so in first John chapter two, verse 18, he says, children, it is the last hour. As you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we do not know that it is the last hour. Check this out. 
Antichrist literally means what it says. Someone or something that opposes Christ. Right. Antichrist. Right. Therefore, the spirit of the Antichrist is in all those who deny that Jesus is God. It's just what John teaches. It's what the Bible teaches. So everything that denies Christ or opposes Christ, therefore, we can recognize that the spirit of the Antichrist is operating, not necessarily that they are the Antichrist, the one, the man of sin, the man of lawlessness. And so right now we have to understand that John is saying there he's coming, but right now there is already work of the Antichrist, of the spirit of the Antichrist in many people, and it's revealing himself more and more. And so when we want to look at Paul, what Paul says, let's look at Second Thessalonians, Second Thessa, chapter two, <laughs> verse one through ten. And so and we all love Paul, and so let's really just hear him. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by spirit or by spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So he's warning them, hey, don't be deceived. People might be telling you that it's here. He says, let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come. Let's, let's, let's look at Paul's words. He's saying that the day, don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let anybody tell you that the Lord has come or the end has come, hmm. because it will not happen, verse 3, unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself and every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. So if you didn't know what the Antichrist was going to do, this man is going to call himself God. He's going to oppose God and every other thing. Do you not remember in verse five, he says that I was still with you. I told you these things and you know that what, it, and you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in this time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. So Paul is basically telling these guys, check it out. They may be telling you right now they may, by spoken word, by card, whatever. Hey, it's here. Jesus is here. It's coming tomorrow. Whatever. He says, you can't believe any of them until the rebellion comes first, until the man of sin reveals himself. And so what Paul is telling us and what we almost all know and what we can infer and interpret from the text is that he will call himself God. He will establish, we shall all know us who are children of the light that that that, that have been given this, this these instructions to be prepared, to be alert. We shall all know this is the Antichrist. And there have been many attempts throughout history, guys, that people have tried to identify the Antichrist with many different people, with many historical figures, with many people who are now, with people who have this great authority and who, who brought havoc or devastation among the people of the earth, like Nero and, and Dominion. And, and if we look at, I don't know if you guys have Fox's Books of Martyrs, if you don't have that book and you want to know about Nero and the persecution that he brought amongst the church, it is absolutely ridiculous what the church was experiencing under his reign. And literally Christians were being put on light posts and they were used to light up the night as they lit them on fire, like just some crazy things. And so people were like, oh, Nero, this guy has to be the Antichrist. <laughs> Hitler 
killing all the Jews. This guy has to be the Antichrist. Stalin, this guy has to be the Antichrist. And every time a new pope comes into the Catholic Church, the pope has to be the Antichrist. And so mm. we have all these different guesses and assumptions of who the Antichrist is. Now, I'm not saying that the spirit of the Antichrist may or may not be have been or is operating in any of these people. But what we're saying is that we will know when the Antichrist reveals himself. Therefore, all these past guests have proven to be false. And one day, the Antichrist will come. And the Bible describes it as something that is unparalleled to anything that people have suffered before. Persecution, all these types of things. And so it's unlikely, but how do you tell the people? And and, and I know that this is the thing. We're in a, people, we're in America. And there's freedom of religion right now, or we're in the United States and we're in freedom of religion and people can't tell you what to believe and not to what to believe. But there are countries right now where people are literally being persecuted, where children are being steamrolled and and they're, they're telling their fathers, deny Christ or die. So how do we go and explain to them that it's going to get worse? Hmm. It's, it's, it's a very touchy thing. It's a very touchy thing. That's why many people believe we are, this persecution and all these things may have already happened or we are continuously, continuously living in it because of, 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 of the intense and immeasurable persecution that is going around in the world that we might not have an idea of, to be honest. Yeah. And as you were saying, like the, uh, those that have come before and, um, you know, that will continue to appear right. as with the spirit of the Antichrist. Right. And then, um, you know, it not being fulfilled until it being, right. you know, the actual Antichrist. It kind of reminds me, and I'm a nerd out for a second, of the Marvel movies where, you know, from the very first Marvel movie, there's yeah. Iron Man and and uh, I believe the, 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 the bad guy in that movie is like Killmonger or something, like some random dude in a metal suit. He's not the big bad, you know. The, right. All the movies led up to Thanos, yeah. you know, in this last, you know, uh, Avengers yeah. uh, Endgame. Yeah. So the the point is, is that the goal is not to just like try to pinpoint, who the you know, who the Antichrist is. Is it him? Is it his? Da 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 da. You know, like. It will know, yeah, you for know, sure. at he's the, gonna declare himself to be God, right? You know, <laughs> and and it was kind of crazy at the end of those movies. You kind of yeah. see Thanos declare what he's there for, right? You know, and it wasn't it wasn't a surprise that he was like the actual big bad that kind of you know set the dominoes um, uh, in, into effect of the past movies. Yeah. So, um, you know, I see it like that. I see it yeah. like you know. Um, there have been those that, like, as you said, may or may not have yeah. had the spirit of the Antichrist. But it's it's less about um, trying to identify. There's not a big game of guess who. Yeah. Rather, it's just know that when um, the Antichrist does declare himself, the or, coming. There, there is a, a declaration yeah. of that, then it's go time. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> the Bible tells us this to be prepared. Yeah. Not so that we fall into deception like many people will, the Bible says, but that we're prepared. We identify and know what's coming is greater. And this man may reign for how many ever years? If we believe the seven years of tribulation, the seven years and Christ will return and he will destroy him. So, right. And so that leads us to our one of the last or the last point of uh, the signs. And this will. We'll be reading in Romans in a little bit, but 
um, this point is the salvation of all Israel. Right. Paul talks about the fact that many Jews have not trusted in Christ, but he says that sometime in the future, a large number would be saved. Right. So we can see this in Romans 11, chapter 11, verse 12, as it says, um, Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Mm. We can also see uh, further down in verse 25 through 26. Um, Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, uh, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. This most likely indicates that there will be yet uh, a future massive in uh, a, be a yet future massive in gathering of the Jewish people as they turn to accept Jesus as their Messiah. Right. It is not certain that Romans nine through eleven predicts this, um, and many have argued that no further in gathering of the Jewish people will occur beyond the kind that we have already seen. Yeah, I think that was one of the most tough arguments to kind of sway to the preterist side. And just so I can explain this, because we might be hearing it a lot in the next couple of weeks, preterist and futurist. So preterist means these things have already happened. Futurist type of view means these things will happen Mm -hmm. so if we have a preterist type of view which is the one that they argue that romans 9 through 11 might not be really explaining that there will be a rather large and gathering again the jewish people i think what romans chapter 12 verse 25 to 26 says so explicitly that kind of doesn't allow me to have a preterist view in this type of subject of the salvation of all of israel is that it says that it will not happen until the fullness of gentiles comes in and nobody can say that the fullness of Gentiles have come into salvation yet because all those who are not Jews are Gentiles. Therefore, there are people still being saved today. Therefore, there has not been a fullness of the Gentiles to to turn to Christ and um, put all their faith in him and receive salvation. Mm-hmm. To me. And so I, I, to me, that argument of it's only for those, there is no future in gathering and the people who are saved are those Jews, those specific Jews that put their faith in Jesus before. It, it's really hard for me to see based off what Romans chapter 11, verse 25, 26 says when he says that finish, they're partially hardened now because God is reconciling all Gentiles first and then Jews. Yeah, that's how, at least how I understand it. And I know this is a touchy subject, touchy subject right now because of what's currently happening. But uh, what we can't argue with is Israel being God's chosen nation. I don't really know how we can argue with that. Right. What that, <laughs> what happens at the end? Um, we shall see. I, I look at. I'm gonna say this. It sounds like funny and it sounds like a joke, but I'm really, I really mean it at the same time. I reserve the right to change my view on the end times as it develops. 
<laughs> I, I, I reserve the right to develop, to change my view of the end times, maybe midair. Like if it's rapture and I didn't believe rapture, hey, I believe rapture now. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is. Hey guys, you're right. <laughs> exactly. I reserve the right. I want to put that out there now before in a couple of weeks I give you guys my position. Um, I reserve the right as things develop in this world and as the end time draws near, all these different types of things. Um, here's what I really want to do want to say before we wrap this up, because we're going to um, continue in this end time journey. It was just a little taste today, just kind of get our feet wet and get us um, going to understand certain things. What the Bible does tell us is to always be ready and to be alert. And so there was a great pastor one time who said uh, one of the ways we can kind of measure or or see the temperature of our spiritual life, a good thermometer for that is our anxiousness or not anxiousness our anticipation and our expectation and our wanting our desire for the return of christ and so whatever your view is our cry should be that which john cries out in the book of revelation come lord jesus come come now we want you we love you you're literally everything you are our salvation you are our lord you are our god and we want you to return we value more than any earthly thing you are that which is our great treasure and so if that is our position in our hearts, no matter what we view this or how we interpret the end times, I believe we have the right heart when we come, when, we, when we're approaching these types of things. If it's Lord Jesus, come, we want you. We're ready, always alert, always sober minded so that when those days come, we're ready for whatever happens. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm just glad we, we came through these, um, points these um signs that need to happen um before uh the return of jesus just so nobody's like freaking out if we're gonna make it to episode you know 12 or 13 or whatever maybe we don't maybe we do we'll see but (laughs) but no i i I think on the lord's hands yeah i think i think for for us it's important to um you know, we, we want to present this um, as information. I know this episode was hugely theological. Right. Um, but it's important to, to get the facts and what the word says about it, because um, at least for me growing up, it has been a lot of fear yeah. and a lot of just unknowing that, you know, lack of knowledge that has led these conversations at times. And then it grows into, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, I'm telling you the left behind series messed a lot of us up early growing up. Yeah. <laughs> Justin can't, um, can't leave his clothes on his bed anymore. Cause, he, <laughs> Cause I think somebody left. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think this is going to be great. Um, yeah. I don't want anybody to freak out just conversation and inform and being informed just yeah. allows the, the conversation to, to, to flow fluidly. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it makes me excited for the weeks to come. So on that note, if you guys heard anything in this podcast that you're still you know, wanting maybe uh, an expansion on or want to understand a little bit more on, uh, make sure you guys hit us up on social media at the Grace Society um, podcast, I believe, is our at. 
I should, right. I should at the Great Society podcast. At the Great Society podcast. Um, so hit us up there if you guys have any questions. And this is how I'm testing to see if you guys made it to the <laughs> end of the <laughs> the episode. Um, but that was that, man. We're gonna see you guys for the next few parts, Can't and wait. we're gonna get deeper into this. We love you guys. We thank you for your time, and we're off. We're out. Love you. <laughs>